we are in part two of this series called Screen Time, where we're talking about what do we do with these powerful things in our pockets that have give us access to just about everything in our lives. And this morning, I wanted to simply just ask a question to get us going, and you've asked this question along the way in life, is how did I get here? How did I get here? Have you ever asked that question? Like yesterday, our youngest daughter, our only daughter, our youngest child, Megan, went off to college for her senior year to wrap up her college career, and then she's going to go off and change the world because she's an incredible young woman. But as she was leaving the house, I'm like, how did we get here? How did my, my little girl, my four-year-old little girl, turn into 21-year-old powerful young woman that God is using? How, how did I get here? And some of you get that because you're holding babies in our service right now, but you have other kids that are eight years old, and you're like, how do you get here. I looked in the mirror the other morning and I saw all this gray hair on the side of my head. I'm like, how did I get here? And then I thought, oh, it's my 21-year-old daughter that just went off to college. That's how I got all all that gray hair. Um, So we always ask that question. I I told you a story um, last week, if you were here. If you weren't, just quick catch-up. We went camping up in northern Michigan for a couple weeks earlier in the month and and we took two campers. We blew a tire. And so we are on the side of the road on I-75 and cars are blown by us going 80 miles an hour. And if you've ever been on the highway in that circumstance, it's unnerving. It's loud. It's windy. It's just, it's hot. It's just an unnerving experience. Well, my mom was with me and my mom is an incredible woman. She loves us. She loves you. In fact, you need to know that my mom prays for you guys as a church every day. My mom prays more for you than I pray for you because she's just a better person than I am. That's how good of a person my mom is. But my mom gets a little bit nervous sometimes. Does anybody have a mom that gets a little bit nervous in certain circumstances? especially around vehicles. And so we're pulled off on the side of the road. My mom's with us. Cars are blown by. We're trying to change tires. And my mom decides I'm not going to be in the car where somebody's going to slam into us. And she goes down in the ditch. But she, she didn't just go down in the ditch. She's decided to make herself comfortable. She climbed in her little camper and she grabbed her little chair. And so she just had a good old time in the ditch along the road I-75. And I missed this opportunity for this series because about three minutes later, she had her phone out and she's on Facebook. Facebook in the ditch on the side of the road. Is that awesome? Um, But she decided this is the safest place for me to be. And you know what my mom's thinking right there? How did I get here, right? That's what she's thinking. How did I get here? What what is going on? And often, often, we end up in places because things just happen, random things. But the truth is, it's not very often we end up in places by accident, right? Like, like a couple years ago, about 10 years ago, um, we were up in northern Michigan again, and I love to snorkel. It's one of my favorite things to do, and I love to snorkel in deep water. And my uncle had made that year a sea kayak out of wood. It was an amazing piece of you know carpentry work. He made a 20-some foot long sea kayak. He bent all the wood. He did all the things to make it watertight. It was beautiful, like something out of the magazine, and he brought it. And I'm like, hey, Uncle David, can I take your sea kayak out in Lake Michigan? And like a fool, my Uncle David said, sure, man, you can do it because I'm always willing to try anything. And my plan in my head was I'm going to take the sea kayak kayak way out in the deep water so I don't have to swim a mile out and I'm going to snorkel off the side of it. You see where this story is going. You see how smart the pastor is of the church you're attending today. And so I, I get my snorkel gear and I paddle out three quarters of a mile, a mile to where it's about 40 feet deep. Beautiful day. Calm, water's crystal clear. You can see to the bottom, and I, you know, fall over the side, and I, I snorkel for about a half hour. What I didn't notice along the way is the wind started picking up, 
And I didn't notice that, you know, Lake Michigan could get a little rocky. And I just wasn't paying attention until finally I came up and I realized there's white caps out here all of a sudden. And I got this little tiny long sea kayak I got to ba- get back into. Now, the way you get back into a sea kayak, and this is a long story, bear with me, is you take the paddle and you put one paddle across the boat, across where you slip in the little place the seat there and then you put your life jacket on the other paddle and you push yourself up and you slide in this little area and I'm not a very small man you guys can know but I was younger and more fra- or agile back then and I thought no problem I, I got it I get up get my hind end almost in and a wave hits me flips over the kayak the kayak rolls over my head cracks my head open I'm bleeding in the water I'm sure Jaws there's got to be a shark in Lake Michigan I'm sure Jaws is going to get me at any moment right but the, the, the kayak was was floating one way, the paddle was floating the other, a little pump that pumps the water out was going the other way, and I panic, and I pull them all together, and I realize I'm in trouble. I'm hurt, I'm way out now, I'm past a mile out, the kayak's half full of water, and so I tried to get in again, and I flipped over, because it was, you know, waterlogged, and I, I come to the conclusion, I'm in real trouble. And I have two options. I can either try and keep this, ca- this kayak and die, or I can leave the kayak and swim into shore. But I knew if I swam into shore, my uncle was going to kill me, so I was going to die either way. And I decided one more time, I'm going to try and get in this stupid sea kayak. Finally, I got in the last try, and you know, it's just like this far above the water because it's just full of water, and me, I paddled in, exhausted, barely made it. And I asked the question, just like we all ask in the middle of that whole experience, how did I get here? And in that case, I knew exactly how I got there. Like an idiot, I tried to take the kayak out and do something you're not supposed to do with a sea kayak. Now, here's why I tell you that story. In most of the situations in life where we're like, how did I get here? We got there because we led ourselves there. We pointed ourselves in a direction. We went exactly where we intended to go. And we're going to talk about having a destination when it comes to our screens and how we use our technology today. Because last week we asked this question that Jesus asked. He said, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What kind of deal is to have everything you want in your pocket? Because we do, and we love all the technology in our pockets, like the phone and the camera and the maps and the pictures and everything we have, but you lose you or I lose me. And tech is so great. I love technology because it makes life so much easier. But what we're seeing in ourselves and in our culture is we're losing ourselves. And we see this happen in other people, but this is really hard to see in our own life. So I wanted to talk about an area that we don't want to lead ourselves in the wrong direction in, in our lives. And this is the area of social media. Because this is a huge thing. Now, can I just have a moment of honesty? How many of y'all in the room are in some kind of social media? Raise your hand. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those. Yeah, there's mo- almost, almost all of us. Somebody out there is going, I'm not on anything. And I'm just better. You know, maybe you are better than the rest of us. So just listen along and watch us figure this out. But this is always something we have to deal with. Because it has an impact on us. Now, have you guys noticed that, you know, in social media, especially on Facebook, there's always a challenge. Like there was that stupid, dangerous Tide Pod challenge years ago. And then there was that other challenge where you had to put the different pictures of the different ways you live your life all together. There was that. And now, you know, there's this brand new challenge. It's called the Milk Crate Challenge. Have you guys seen this? Now, I thought I would demonstrate how this works for you. I'm <laughs> not doing that. Are you guys kidding me? But I thought... 
This guy could show you how the milk crate, crate challenge works. And the, the song, when you look it up online, is um, I believe I can fly. It's really great, but we couldn't play it online. I believe I can touch the sky. And there he goes. That's the milk crate challenge. And if you're up for putting that out on social media, you go right ahead. This old man is not doing it. But isn't it true? It's amazing how people, that's kind of fun, but it's amazing how people can just kind of jump on the bandwagon when it comes to social media, whether it's a healthy thing or not so healthy thing. And this is how some of us feel. Maybe you feel this with it. Social media just kind of happened to us. And if you feel that way, that's a really fair feeling. And maybe you didn't know this. Here's the timeline for social media over the last 20 some years. That before 2002, and this isn't perfect, but it's pretty close, there was really no social media around at all. And all of a sudden in 2002, LinkedIn popped up. And in 2004, Facebook showed up. Before that, there was not much of anything social media wise. Now think about this. And then YouTube's everywhere right now. Twitter shows up, Tumblr, that's like a podcast app, if I got it right. Instagram, it came in in 2010, and also in Pinterest. This is so interesting that we as a culture went from zero social media to 110 miles an hour in just a few simple years, and now 3.5 billion people on some kind of social media platform. It's a powerful thing. The average person has 7.6 social media accounts. And the 0.6 are the high school students that are on Facebook where they won't admit it because they think Facebook is for old people, but it's how they get their mom and dad to give them stuff. That's a side note. But people are on social media like inside and out. And it feels like it just happened to us overnight. We had none of this. And now our whole world has changed because of it. And we need to talk about it. In fact, you may say this. Social media didn't just happen to us. It's having an effect on us. It has an effect on the way we live, the way we interact with everyone, the way we see people, the way we see ourselves, which is a huge deal. Because think about this. Anytime something has an impact on the way you see yourself, It changes yourself. And interesting enough, Forbes magazine did an article about the six negative effects that social media is having on our world, our culture, and our community. And what they identified as one of the big impacts negatively it's happened is it's like an addiction for people. And this is really important. Do you know there's actually a scientific name? It's called Facebook Addiction Disorder that they've identified through research that people are like literally addicted to Facebook and it's caused a disorder in their life. And people, because of Facebook, and I'm, I have Facebook, we're not against it. Some people watch this message on Facebook today, that's great. But people are actually neglecting their own personal well-being to be on Facebook. They're mentally preoccupied by something besides themselves or their children or their marriage or their home to be on other people's you know, platforms and in their lives. It's a really interesting idea or thought that people are using it as a form of escapism. Like all other addictions, I'm going to use this so I escape my normal part of my life. And it's a mood-modifying behavior and appears in all kinds of social media. It's such an interesting thing. And it's like other addictions that we're facing and it's becoming a real problem. If you were here last week, I read this quote that technology is the new gluttony. And then I told you I felt bad about two things in my life, technology and gluttony, which is a bummer. But think about gluttony when I just want to take you back to that idea with addiction. Gluttony is this idea of an endless appetite plus endless access. 
We have huge appetites for things and we can have access to all of them. And the things that we desire in our lives maybe more than ever are things like connection. We talked about this last week. The problem is connection through social media is not like real connection sometimes. It's like third person removed and we'll talk more about that. It's not always so healthy. And belonging, if I go to social media just to belong? Am I really belonging to something that's good and is close to my heart? I can know someone. Learning and learning is good and information is good. In fact, I, I have grown children and they, they've go, all gone on these paths of trying to figure out the bigger picture. They've explored their faith in all kinds of ways and that's good that they're learning. But think about this. Sometimes you can pull so many different ideas that spins you upside down and you don't know what's up and what's down. I mean, this is terrifying to me. The idea that you have endless access to uh, sex and intimacy. I was talking with one of our band members earlier this morning and we both said, can you imagine when we were 15, if you could pull out your phone and have access to any sexual thing you ever could imagine, you know, just on your phone, wherever you went, I can't imagine where that would have taken me at 15 years old. And yet now every 15 year old, every 12 year old, every 10 year old and 30 year old and 50 year old has to figure that out and relief. Because we're all looking to escape something in our lives. So addiction is powerful with social media. We also know that there's this huge identification that sadness is overwhelming people. You know, we're supposed to be connected to, other, to each other, but studies are showing that people are more isolated and depression and sadness and despair are on the rise. There's this whole idea of comparison. And man, comparison is a really ugly thing. And you know this, we don't compare our normal life to someone else's normal life. We compare our normal life to their perfect life because everyone else puts their high, highlight reel out on social media. And you, know, you start to look around and say, well, I don't have what they have. I don't have the vacation house they have and the kids they have and the husband they have. And we see their high, highlight reel, but we live in our own little mess. And it's always the, ta- the comparison between what's perfect on social media and what's imperfect in our own lives causes us to compare. And then here's an ugly word that can lead to jealousy. And boy, you want to see something ugly in your own life is when you see jealousy in it. The challenge is it's so hard to see jealousy in your own life, but social media, it just puts it on turbocharge, right? And we're naturally mostly jealous people. It's just kind of who we are. And we're always jealous for something and social media just inflates it like by a hundred percent. Do you know this? And I thought this was interesting. Not too long ago, Instagram, decided to take likes off their page for a short time off their platform because this was their theory. Maybe if we stop letting people like each other's stuff, their pictures, people will put more authentic pictures on social media as opposed to kind of the false reality that most people put up there. Which means the social media platforms themselves are realizing something's kind of off here. Something's kind of weird. And one of the weird things it brings us to is this idea of delusion. This idea we don't really live in the real world. Um, They've had studies that, you know how you take like a family photo and you get everybody together that you want, your kids and your husband and whoever else, and you, you get the perfect setting, you get the perfect background, and then you get the perfect filter and everything. And that just, just that moment is perfect and you snap the shot. And then what you remember about that time in life is not the time you had together. It's this perfect moment. And when you go back to it, you don't remember the difficulty or the stress or how you had to love each other through the hard thing. You just have this perfect picture. And then you look at your current moment with that same family and you say, why aren't things like they used to be? 
That's becoming a real problem. Like we're remembering our photos as opposed to the real things that actually happened in our lives. And it becomes a loop where we, you know, we feed all this stuff and then we go back to it and feed it more and the loop never stops. And then you get this tragic thing. As far as I'm concerned, you have this idea of loss of human connection. I mean, you know everyone else across the world, but you don't know anybody in your own home or in your own church, but you know everyone through a screen, but no one personally. And then we're like, we don't feel connected. And here's what you need to know. God created you to be connected to other people. That he literally said, I'm going to bring joy to your life through really being in life and community with other people. It's like one of his remedies for sadness and pain and heartache to be with other people. It's like God's medicine. But we're in this cycle. And I want you to just read through this list again. Instead, we just get more addicted and we get more sad. We make more comparison and more jealousy and more delusion. And ultimately, it's a loss of human connection. Now, we can't get rid of it. It's here to stay. You just need to know that. So we had to figure out where we go with it. We had to figure out what do we do with social media? And there's so many negatives and there's so many positives. And we can't just throw away our phones and go back to pagers. I'd love just to do a poll. How many of you actually know what a pager is in this place? Because you have to be old to know that. But we also can't let it run our lives and rule our lives. And you certainly, and we're going to talk about this next week, you don't want it to rule our kids' lives. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look into the wisdom of Jesus. And we're going to look into the wisdom of the Apostle Paul. And the wisdom of the wisest man, the Old Testament scriptures. But I want to start with something the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul was an early church planner. He's responsible for much of the New Testament scriptures, probably responsible partly for the church even thriving through the first century. And this is what the Apostle Paul said, that he knew so much and understood so much. He said, be very careful. Come back to that. How you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And I love this, because the days are evil. And this is a really powerful little phrase, the days are evil. And I don't know what you think about when you think of an evil day. Here's my first thought. When our church staff goes to lunch and the person that's picking the restaurant's a vegetarian, I say, this is is an evil day because I need need some red meat in my life. So vegetarian, if you're a vegetarian, you're a better person than I am. I love steak, right? But but days are evil is a really important thing. And the Apostle Paul is talking about where life is going and culture is going and the world is going. And I say this all the time because I really don't want us to be the kind of church that we're just angry at the world or angry at culture. But it's also important to recognize that the direction culture is going is a little bit evil. And it's a little bit like being in a fast flowing river. And you just pick your feet up and say, all right, culture, you just take me like a river, wherever you want me to go. And that's what happens in a fast-flowing river. And where culture takes you is usually not to better places, but to darker places. Less love, less honesty, less peace. And we see it all around. And here's where it's interesting. What we're watching right now, what we're listening to, which we're tweeting, which we're liking, there is a lot of evil that has an impact on us and it's taking us in a direction. And the apostle Paul would say, be careful, be careful. Because the days you are in are evil. And this is the hottest way that the world's influenced us with some of the evil in it. Another way to say that is this, is if you go with the flow, you'll end up in somewhere you never planned to go. 
And you've seen this in other people's lives. You're like, oh, you're going in a bad direction. The hard part is you can't see it in your own life. I'll give you an example. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the story of a husband getting on social media and finding an old girlfriend or an old friend who happens to be a female and liking something on her page and friend requesting or vice versa. And it's just a like, it's just a friend request, right? And then there's some private messaging and then there's when we're gonna meet up and then there's things happening that he's hoping his wife doesn't find that about and then there's full-on betrayal in a marriage and you just look back and you go, I'm so heartbroken, but that path was a path that you chose to go down because the days are evil, they've taken you there. Or maybe you're a wife and you know, you're not so happy with your husband. I mean, he, he's a goofball because a lot of us are goofballs, right? But on social media, there, there's men that they're just, they're impressive and they're good looking and they seem like they have it all together and they take care of their wives. And you're thinking, why can't you be like him? And now you start looking at him in a different direction. You're thinking, I just want to go in a different direction because I just, it's not enough. I got to go in a different direction. Or how about this? You, you just, you just came out of something, a relationship and you're just so wanting everybody to see how happy you are. And how good you're doing as opposed just to going, I'm not so good. Life is really freaking hard right now. And you're putting your highlight reel out there so everybody's impressed when the, you know, God called you to be authentic and just have some people around you to walk through your pain and not march into the different things. Moms, you know, your kitchen doesn't look as good as other kitchens. And now what do you do with that? And dads, your barbecues don't look as good as other people's barbecues. And you don't have a four-wheel drive. You've got an old Nissan from 1989 and it's a rust bucket. And now you feel like a loser. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And you may say, well, Matt, that's, that's extreme. All those are extreme. Yeah, Maybe. It's extreme until you, you know, your daughter, who's beautiful in all kinds of ways, doesn't feel so beautiful because she doesn't feel as beautiful as the other girls on social media because they got butt implants and now your daughter doesn't have butt implants. We literally had that conversation at dinner the other night, butt implants. I'm like, we're not doing butt implants. I mean, I'm joking, of course. My daughter's way too secure for that. But there's all this. You have to be and you have to be. And God says, you're my child. Goodness. But when it comes to all this, we go back to something we've said over and over throughout the years when it comes to every part of our life, but especially with social media, direction, not intention, determines your destination. And if you don't decide the destination you want to go with social media, it will take you somewhere. Intention does not get you there. You can sit in here and agree with me all you want. I'm, I guess there's a lot of us will be in agreement about what I'm saying because it's easy to agree because we see it. But agreeing doesn't get you there. It's when you actually go in a direction. When I want to go to Northern Michigan, I've got to go Michigan. I've got to go north. I cannot go south and expect to end up in Michigan. It doesn't work that way. And you have a destination, and I have a destination. As a husband, as a wife, as a as a single again woman or a single again man, as a parent, as a teenager, as a college student. You have a destination when it comes to your peace and your joy and your integrity. And God is inviting you to something so special. And Paul says, be very careful how you live. Pay attention. Look around. Don't just follow blindly because it's taking you in a direction. And then he says, not unwise, but as wise, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Careful and have wisdom around this. And you know what he's saying, what you need for your life in every aspect of life, including social media, you need wisdom. 
How do you interact? How do you have boundaries? How do you see this thing God has given us and use it for good? And so quickly, I want to ask a question as we wrap it up this morning. I won't be long. How, how do we use social media wisely? We got it in our hands. It's not going away. How can it be life-giving to us? How can it reflect what God wants in our lives? And so what we're going to do is look at three verses from the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon, said to be like the wisest man ever walked the face of the earth besides Jesus because he asked for wisdom. And I heard this just this week. When you think about Proverbs, it's out of the Old Testament, think about proverbs because verbs are something you do and the pros do it really well. There's a great way to look at it, right? So when you think about pro- Proverbs, think about verbs you do done by the best people that do them that way. In other words, things that wise people do really well. And you know some wise people. There's some people, when it comes to marriage and relationships and parenting and how they live their life, you're just like, I would love to live like them. I, I, I don't know if I can, but I'd love to live in the way they live in every aspect because they live in wise Ways And the book of Proverbs gives us wise ways to live. And so the very first thing Solomon says, and we're going to extrapolate this, is um, he talks about time and guarding your heart. So I want to ask the question, how much time do we spend on social media? Just a really good step. How much time do you spend on social media? And he says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. It's a powerful idea. That what you put into your heart flows out of your heart. So let me ask you a question. How much time are you spending on social media? You spending eight hours a day on social media? Is that too much? You spend an hour a day on social media? Is that too much? Is 15 minutes a day too much? I'm not going to tell you how much is too much. You just should wrestle to this to the ground, and I should too. Because what gets our attention leads us somewhere. And what gets our attention, what's in our heart, causes us to be jealous and compare, and we get frustrated. And where is that leading you? And Solomon would say, this has been true for thousands of years. You've got to protect your heart and what goes in it. So would you be willing to consider a time limit? And for you, it literally even just might be, I, I have to have 30-minute limit a day to social media. 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. And for some of you, I mean, I, I can hear it almost. You're freaking out because what am I going to do with all my time? I, I'm going to have to talk to my children. Oh, my 13-year-old drives me. I have to talk to my 13. I know that's the point, right? I might have to like put the phone down at dinner and talk to my husband or my wife. I know that's the point. My 80-year-old mom is just nuts, and she sits beside the side of the road in a lawn chair. Well, maybe you get to spend time with your mom because you never know how many more days she's got left on this earth. I mean, for you, maybe it's an hour. I, I don't know. Would you be willing to consider a time limit? Here's what's cool about your phone if you have an iPhone, and there's a way to do this in Android and the other platforms. There's a thing called screen time. You can actually set the limit, and it reminds you, turn your phone off. And what would it look like if you put your feet down in the river and go, I'm not going to let it just take me where it wants me to go? Be careful. Guard your heart. Limit your time. Another thing I'd love for you to think about is, who we follow when it comes to social media. And if you're a parent, you know this is such a big deal. It's why you freak out over who your kids hang out with, right? Because who your kids hang out with will lead them in a direction. Well, look at Solomon's, he says. He said, walk with the wise, there it is, and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So who are you following? Who are you paying attention to? On Is, is it people that are leading you to the life that you want to go and ultimately a life that God wants you to go? 
And it's such a weird thing with social media. And I totally get this because I do it. I have boundaries and I have standards and there's people that I want to influence but I don't want to influence me. I want to be a mission with people but I need people close to me that point me in the right direction. Yet I will pay attention to people on social media that I disagree with or I know that's not a good path but I'm entertained by it. I'm excited about it and I'll follow it on my phone. And it gets down deep in your heart. We all know this, you can watch something that you're like, that's not good for you. And you can just become like an acceptable idea over time. And who you do life with in person or on the media stuff has an impact. And it just becomes okay in some things that you would never say is okay. And you head in a direction you don't want to head in. And you have less peace and you have less hope and you have less joy and all of a sudden you feel like you're just in despair. It's a huge deal. And then you look over at your spouse and you're like, you know what, I'm not so happy with you either because I'm comparing you to everyone else in the world. Craig Rochelle says this, and I love this. He says, the easiest way to ruin something great is to compare it to something else. Isn't that true? Who are you watching? Who are you following? And if whatever you're following makes you look at your spouse and go, you know what, you're not so great, stop following that. Maybe for you, if it's causing you not to feel like you're God's child, stop following that. And this is the idea. If there's anything that you're doing on your phone, in social media, that doesn't remind you, this is a huge deal. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. It doesn't remind you that you are God's creation. That you are made in God's image. That you were in God's handiwork, that he was thinking about you a billion years ago. That when God gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of the world, he was thinking about you. If there's anything that you follow that doesn't remind you how precious you are and the person sitting next to you and across the world is to God, maybe you should unfollow him. Anything that makes you feel like, hey, you can't ever be a good father, a mother, a business leader, a college student, a beautiful young lady, or a beautiful, handsome young man, however you say that the best, just unfollow. Side note, if your, mother, if your mother-in-law is driving you crazy, don't unfollow her, just mute her, because she'll never know. It's a great technique, all right? Just mute her, she won't know you did it, and then you won't have to listen to her anymore. Last thing I just want to ask you, would you be willing to think about? Would you be willing to think about what we post? Solomon says, too much talk leads to sin. I just want to point this out for us that follow Jesus. If you don't follow Jesus, you, you just figure out what you want to do with this. For us that follow Jesus, too much talk leads to sin. Not just bad behavior, just not mistakes, to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I have to say this to myself all the time as a pastor who gets a stage and a microphone and a few people to talk to. Because I would love just to tell you all my ideas and all my opinions and what I think you should do. And I have to remind myself, Matt, your platform is not for your ideas and your opinions. You got to try and hang on. And it's a try thing because I don't always get it right. You got to try and convey the gospel, what Jesus wants us to be. And this is Solomon's idea. You talk too much, you cause yourself to sin. So sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut. Pay attention to what you're posting. Because, again, if you're a Jesus follower, you're responsible. You're responsible and you're representing a gospel that God gave his son on the cross for you. 
And right now, we're in a world that's not going to get any easier or prettier or more kind. We all acknowledge that, right? Probably in the next year, it's going to get twice as ugly as it is right now. You can just feel it bubbling up. And what pains me is people that one minute will say, I'm a Christian. I'll just be really honest. We'll say, I love my church. I love my church. I love Lifehouse. And I hate those dirty sons of who voted or don't want or for, and you fill in the blanks because it's on all of your side. And I'm just like, we are responsible. We are stewards of a message of Jesus that God died for us when we were at our so very worst. And he was at his so very best. And we could influence the world through social media. But like Solomon says, talk too much, you start sinning. Just keep your mouth shut. And what you follow, and the time you put in, and what you post, pay attention to. So I'm having a conversation with a friend. I asked him if I could share this story. He was gracious enough to let me. I had stalked, I stalk all you guys on social media. I just don't post. I was stalking him on social media. And I, he... He just really wrote something that was derogatory about our current vice president. I mean derogatory. Not just like, I disagree, or I don't think that's good politics, which you, that's okay, but derogatory. Like, like challenging who she was made in the image of God, our vice president. And, and just so I don't get any emails, I did not vote for her. But I was irritated by it. And I asked him, hey, what's going on? You're a Jesus follower. He says, well, and this, and you know. I said, hey, what would you have done if Megan, my daughter, had posted that on social media? And he goes, well, she wouldn't do that. Well, what if she did? Or what, what if it was my daughter? Well, it's not. Well, what if it was? He says, well, I wouldn't say it about your daughter, Matt. I wouldn't say it about your daughter. And I said, well, why wouldn't you say it about my daughter? And you know exactly what he said. Because she's your daughter. Well, our vice president somebody's daughter. She was made in the image of God, just like I was, just like you all are. And yet we're going to say terrible things about saying, and I don't mean you can't disagree, but come on, we're stewards of the gospel. God died for us when we were so miserably lost that we got to be miserably found in the most beautiful way. What kind of deal is it, Jesus asked, to get everything you want and lose yourself. I don't want you to lose you. I don't want you to lose what's best in your life. I want you to hang on to who God created you to be. And for social media, maybe we'd say it this way. What good? What good is it to keep up with everyone else's life and ruin your own life? Compare? Be jealous? Be addicted? By the way, if anyone has told you you're addicted to social media, most likely you're addicted to social media. Just so you know. If somebody said that to you, you're probably addicted to social media less connection. And we have to ask ourselves, where do we go with it? Because I don't hate it. I'm going to keep using it and our church is going to use it. I want you to use it. But how do we use it in a way that's wise? That's a conduit for God's love and for us to be who God called us to be and who God created. So I'm just going to give you an encouragement. If you've lost a handle on it, would you be willing to take a break and just simply evaluate and for some of you, you just need a day off. You just, I mean, you literally need to turn it off for a day and reorient your life because you're watching too much CNN or Fox News on your phone. Take a break. Or whatever the platform you're on, take a break. For some of you, you need a week. Some of you need six months. Some of you, you're getting so much value out of what comes on and off of your phone, you may need to just take social media off your phone for a year. You gotta keep your phone 
Maybe you just need a healthy break. And maybe, what if this is true? Your relationships get better. Your marriage gets better. Your future marriage gets better. Your parenting gets better. What if you get to make an eternal impact because your heart gets clear? Would you take a break and maybe just evaluate? And maybe we could be people that leverage what God has given us through technology for good and not evil. I didn't say this in the first service, but here's what I would love for us to do. And I, I don't mean like do on social media and I don't, I'm just totally making this up off the cuff. So bear with me as I say this. It's always dangerous when I make stuff up off the cuff. You know what I'd love for us to do is hold each other accountable. And I don't mean like from across the room or on social media, but you got a friend that you're close to that you know is a Jesus follower, belongs to our church and they're saying things they shouldn't. They're just watching things they should. They're, they're just being nasty. Whatever it is, call them on it. Hey, don't do that. Come on. We could be better than that. Wouldn't it be great to have a circle of accountability that we were healthy and we didn't expose all the ugliness to other people on social media, but we gave it to God and found forgiveness and hope and redemption in all of it? That was extra. I didn't even plan to say all that. That was extra for this morning, so there you go. Yeah, thanks for that. Oh, I love you know what this is like? This is like getting likes on Facebook. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Yeah, validation. That's good. So, hey, listen, with all that said, let's do this. Let's be the healthiest people we can. Next week, we're going to come back here, and we're going to talk about how to make it all work with our technology, including parenting. I was going to talk about that today. I'm talking about it next week, so make sure you come back, and we're going to keep figuring this out, and we're going to follow Jesus and love each other. And let me just say this. If you're not a Jesus follower in here, we want you to keep coming and hanging with us. We want you to follow Jesus someday because we think he loves you like no other. So don't give up. Keep coming back. And we're going to figure it out together. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us have like an honest conversation about what's difficult and tough in our lives. And Lord, I know I have misstepped when it comes to social media. I'm probably sure most of us have. Help us to get this right. Help us to turn away from jealousy and comparison and anger and bitterness and less connection and turn towards you that we limit our screen time watch who we follow and watch what we say and let our lives glorify you thanks for your immense love and lord for every time we don't get this right for your forgiveness your grace and your patience in jesus name i pray amen